This is the Forex Q&A podcast. This is VP, professional Forex prop trader here in the United States, answering your user-submitted Forex trading-related questions every Monday morning. Now, if you have a question on your mind that is related to Forex trading and you have never, ever asked one before and you've consumed all the material, you have one week left to go to nononsenseforex.com slash askvp, fill out the form, and then I will get back to you typically within 48 hours. Now, because we only have a week left, I'm going to do my best for all those people who are really wonderful and patient and waited to the very end to fire off as many commonly asked questions in this episode that don't really warrant a very long answer and do one more round of rapid fire, uh, this time with really good questions. Last week, we focused on bad questions, and was I a bit heavy-handed in that episode? Did I kind of go all mean girls on the subject? I did, but that's okay. Most of you got the point, and the point is that regardless if your question is good or bad, chances are it can be easily solved by what is in my material, what is already on Google, or just by testing the whole process out yourself and seeing if it works. I think there was a good lesson there, and that lesson is if you feel like you have one issue or question blocking your progress, chances are it doesn't really have to be that way. These problems are easily solvable on your own, and you just got to put your head down and make it work. I had to do it over and over again. I had nowhere to turn, and in the end, I'm so glad it worked out that way. And this is really hard to convey to somebody that's never had to go through this before and has felt like they've made really good progress only to hit a roadblock. But for every roadblock you knock down along the way, and you will, the stronger and more self-sufficient of a Forex trader you are going to become. But let's jump right into things here. Now, just for some reason in this last week, I got these two questions a lot. I want to knock these out first, because these both have something in common. So the first one is, and for some reason I'm just getting this recently in like the last two, three weeks, is people who have issues with their brokers and want to know if I would recommend another broker. Now, in episode 10 of the podcast, I recommended Awanda, and it's, I said, it's look, I don't actually put my real money there, but just for a lack of better option, this is the only broker that I personally can recommend because in the United States, we only have a very small lot to choose from. But my ultimate plan has been to move my trading offshore, especially so I can trade metals and things like that. So I have been shopping around and researching brokers this entire time. And then something else also happened in that time. Uh, The popularity of this podcast and the YouTube channel and the blog has grown a lot in a very short amount of time. And when things like this happen, people want to work with you. So once I ended up on one broker's radar, it seemed like the floodgates just opened and I started getting all these offers left and right. And I didn't even really know what to do. I'd never experienced anything like this before. But I was easily able to narrow the process down pretty good because some of the brokers that I was really strongly considering ended up being some of the companies who contacted me. But I also knew that in these types of affiliate situations, most people end up approaching them. They were approaching me, so I knew that I had the ability to negotiate with them and try to get them the best deal I possibly could for my listeners. So very soon, on YouTube and on NoNonsenseForex.com, I am taking a combination of the research that I've done and the best offer I was able to negotiate and bring those recommendations to you. So for anybody out there who is unhappy with their broker or thinks they can do better or has yet to even choose one or just simply wants another out, 
I will be making videos about those recommended brokers along with those offers that don't exist anywhere else and provide those links in the description. So on my big notebook as far as videos that are left to be made, I already had the idea to make videos on recommended brokers, but in the past three months, that whole process just went from good to really, really good because now there's going to be an exclusive offer attached to the whole thing. And then the other question I got like a lot this week, and uh, this is something I've actually already gone over, but people want to know my thoughts on prop firms since I work for one and what are the things I think you should look for and do I have any recommendations? Uh, Well, yes, to all of those things. And I had mentioned in the past that I am making a video on that very topic as well. That is going to be in either July or August. There are some things I have to do on my end from a legality standpoint first. So if you guys and so many of you are already chomping at the bit, wanting to go ahead and apply for some of these firms, and that's great, but if you can just wait another month, month and a half, two months, tops, I would say, you know, with with stuff like this, you really never know time-wise how it's going to go. But that video is absolutely going to be made, and I have it shot for mid to late summer. Uh, But the entire goal of this channel and this podcast and everything else is to take people who are currently losing or break-even or even beginning traders and turn them into professionals. So that video is absolutely part of the overall curriculum. And I'll have a couple different firms that I'm going to talk about. Um, And even if you don't like any of the ones that I recommend, at least you'll have a better idea of what to look for in a good firm and the best steps to take before the really good firms, the ones you actually want to be a part of, will start taking you seriously. So that video will be coming up a bit later, but all that stuff's on deck, have no fear. So if your question was going to be on either brokers or prop firms, just know that the videos for those two subjects are coming up in the future and the very near future at that. So now let's get to the more rapid fire part. I have grouped these into some of the very best questions that I have saved on my phone for rapid fire purposes. So I won't be attaching names or countries to these uh, because I've gotten all of these a number of times. So I really like making podcasts like this because these are questions that more than one person has wanted to know. So chances are it might have been in the back of your mind somewhere at some point. So let's get right into it. And the first rapid fire question of this episode, episode 50 is, how do you feel about divergence and to use divergence in your trading? So divergence from a Forex technical analysis standpoint is something most of you are probably familiar with. I think baby pips went over it. And I'm sure you've seen it plenty of times in the future. And I have yet to talk about it one time. So this is why I think it's a very good question, because why have I not talked about something that is so commonly out there? So divergence, for those who don't know, is pretty much when price is going one way and your indicator is going the other way. This is something that is typically unusual, and this can often mean that something is about to happen. What that thing is just depends on what type of divergence you're looking at. And my answer is pretty simple here. Um, I see nothing fundamentally wrong with divergence at all. I just personally have not had very much success with it. And because I haven't, I just don't use it. Simple as that. Um, Like I said, you're always free to go look on your own. This is certainly not something that no-nonsense Forex frowns upon. But it's just not something I personally use and just don't have any interest in using in the future. 
Question number two, have you ever thought of automating or creating an EA based on the no-nonsense Forex style of trading? Very common question. And maybe I've done too many of these or maybe I'm just getting older, but I don't think I've ever addressed this one time. It's possible that I might have, but I can't think of the time where that occurred. So let me just say that I am not a coder, so I would never do it myself. I know people that can put this stuff together, but I haven't corresponded with them in years, so I don't even know if they're still around. And the one reason I have not and don't really plan on doing this is because I have yet to see any type of automation or EA or robot or anything that can factor in news avoidance, especially the way we do it here. And it is not a piece of the puzzle that I am willing to go without. It's pretty important. It has a pretty significant effect on your bottom line, even if you don't realize it at the time. And I feel like the way we trade is already so lush and cushy because it just requires so little of our time that I just don't have the motivation to make it even easier than it already is. Now, I understand a lot of you are probably thinking, well, let's automate it so I can still trade the daily chart, but then use the automated part on lower time frames and just keep that cycle going. I get that. And if you want to try doing it or know somebody that can put something together, try. Um, but just know until the day comes to where people can successfully code out major news events, and I'm sure it's possible. I've just yet to see it happen. But until that day comes, I just don't have any interest in going that route either. Uh, but there are some brilliant coders out there. Many of them listen to this podcast. And I think on the No Nonsense Forex Discord forum, there's even a sub forum just for people who do this. So again, I'm going to go ahead and put the Discord link down below in the description and the show notes. And if you have any interest in doing this or just putting together something completely different, want a good group of people who understand the language and the process, uh, I think that would be a really good place to go. Now, moving on to the next question. And I've gotten a lot of variations on this one, so just try to stay with me here. I'm going to address the very last time I got this question, because I think if this has not happened to you already, it's probably going to. So I hope you can follow along here. But the question is, I have come across a signal to go short on the pound CAD and also a signal to go long on the Aussie CAD. Should I just take a pound Aussie short here? So if your head is spinning, let me break this down. Um, the CAD is kind of the neutral currency here. What this guy's running into is he's getting a short signal on pound CAD. So he's saying the pound's going to be weak. And he's getting a long signal on the Aussie CAD, which means his system is telling him that the Aussie is going to be strong. Now, given these two circumstances, wouldn't it just be a good idea to trade the strongest against the weakest and just go short on the pound Aussie? And my answer to this is to just take the two trades that your system gave you the signal for. Never deviate from that. Now, if your system is also giving you a signal to go short pound Aussie, well, then do that. But if you're going short on the pound CAD and you're going long on the Aussie CAD, you pretty much are already short pound Aussie. But the good news is, is you almost have kind of a hedge in a way by just doing it this way. There's no need to essentially double up on your position by going short pound Aussie. Just like in backtesting, take every trade your system gives you, as long as you don't overexpose yourself into one currency, and just let it play out. Don't overthink it. 
There's no need to go short pound Aussie here because you're pretty much already in that trade, whether you realize it or not. And the final question in episode 50's Rapid Fire Good Questions edition is, VP, I've been seeing a lot of variations of indicators that you talk about in the Dirty Dozen video. So I know, for example, you don't like the RSI, but there are so many different variations of the RSI available to test. Should I even bother testing them? And my answer to this question is a resounding yes. The RSI, for example, is not so toxic by nature that no matter what you do to it, it's always going to come out shit. If somebody has tried to improve on something that is old and outdated and doesn't work very well, give it a try. I mean, why on earth would you not? I would say a good handful of indicators in my own top 50 are just improvements on some of the indicators you have actually seen in my Dirty Dozen video. For those of you who have not seen it, I'll link it down below. And again, I'm not great into coding, but I would be willing to bet that a lot of indicators that are currently out there right now are just really derivatives of many of the old school indicators that have been out for decades. They're just modernized and improved versions of these indicators used by coders that have a lot more available to them now than people did 30, 40 years ago. So in my opinion, they have a much higher chance of actually working. Um, Just because at the root of what they were lies an indicator that just doesn't work really well in modern times doesn't mean the improvement on that couldn't be fantastic, because they often are. It's kind of like in bartending. There's, what is it, like five or six cocktails that pretty much every modern-day cocktail is based off of. And I'm not a huge cocktail guy, but I think one of those cocktails is something like the daiquiri, for example. Now, if I'm going to go to a bar, I'm not going to order a daiquiri. I don't want that. But... There might be a where-has-this-been-my-whole-life type cocktail that somebody knows how to make now that is a derivative of the original daiquiri. So just because in your indicator search you see modern-day versions of things that I really don't endorse, to put it lightly, it doesn't mean that those older indicators at their core are radioactive and toxic. They're just older and underdeveloped and not really designed to fit the market that we trade. But with a little bit of tweaking here and there, they certainly can be. And I can say with certainty, in many cases, absolutely are. If any of you guys remember the MACD blog that I did, um, I gave two much better improved examples of what I thought you could use instead of the MACD itself. So if you haven't seen that, I'm going to link that one down in the show notes as well. But Spot Forex has only really been around since 1996. It is a very modern day trading market. And modern-day problems need modern-day solutions. Modern-day markets need modern-day tools, regardless of where the original idea came from. So traders, I hope this episode helps a lot. There will be no blog for this episode, and I even said that I was going to make one for Ichimoku, and I actually am. But since you guys know that next Thursday's video is going to be the second part of Ichimoku, then I'm just going to make one big blog that's going to kind of encompass everything. So look out for that Thursday as well. I will hope to have it done by then. But like I just said, that prop video is coming soon. So if you guys think you are close, start putting in the work and perfecting your systems now. If you are not close, that's okay. That video is not going anywhere. These firms aren't going anywhere. Patience is an absolute virtue in this game. Just make sure you're still putting in the work day in and day out so you can be ready and get there when the time is right. Be patient, yet be absolutely relentless at the same time, traders. If you can understand how to do both, then you are well on your way. So go get it.